3: Log Talk Radio. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. Yakuza Kick Radio. Yakuza Kick Radio. Yakuza
2: Kick Radio. Yakuza Kick Radio. Yakuza Kick Radio. Yakuza kick radio. Yakuza kick radio.
3: This is the bulldozer, Matt Freeman, and if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m. Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so.
2: Yakuza Kick Radio has risen
3: from the acid of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. The shit is bananas, bitch and bananas. Well, this is Mr. Insanity, Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, here to
2: drag out of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it, Jason Man.
3: Where are Biggie and Tupac?
2: Yakuza Kick Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Give a nigga a real that cow, Mike. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you don't. Now look at that guy. You homie. fuck that. Black D. This is bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction,
3: hosted by J.Cat Morris, you are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio! Cake. Oh, shit! Welcome
0: to Yakuza Kick Radio, I'm your host, J. Cat Morris. Tonight, I'd like to welcome my special guest to the show. Deshaun Pratt, formerly known as the Masses. What's going on, man?
2: What's going on, Jay? How we feeling tonight, man?
0: Doing good, man. How are you?
2: Ah man, I can't call it. Life is good, brother.
0: All right, all right. Um so yeah, man, uh wanted wanting to have you on for a while. I don't know why I never got around to it, but um I had your it's been former a long partner time coming, on. Man. Yeah. Had your former partner on years and years ago and uh so here we are. Um how did you all get started in wrestling? What inspired you to be a wrestler?
2: I mean, you know, it the one thing, you know, uh <clears throat> that really inspired I it's funny. I I always like to tell this story. I kind of came across pro wrestling by accident, believe it or mm-hmm. not. So, you know, I'm 4 years old, 4-year-old Deshaun living in Camden. You know, usually on Saturday Saturday morning you watching your cartoons and you going out to see uh hang out with uh my best friend up the corner up the street. But he was uh, he wasn't home at the time, so Saturday morning cartoons is over. Twelve o'clock comes on, and there's WWF Superstars. So at the time, I'm like, wait, what is this? What am I watching? And why is this so cool? So all I'm seeing is you know the the intro, and all I'm seeing is just these larger than life characters, man. I'm mm-hmm. seeing you know Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, you know Bret Hart, and I'm like, whoa, this is cool. This is cool um, Sat down and watched it And you know I was I was hooked Tuned in every Saturday morning uh, Saturday afternoon Excuse me uh, For like For years until I got uh, Until it got canceled And uh, Yeah I mean it was just something I've always wanted to do um, I felt like it was at that moment You know when I discovered Professional wrestling on TV On that Saturday uh, That I knew that's what I wanted to do In my life
0: Wow. Um, what were the guys that you were drawn to, obviously, you know, you, you continued to watch wrestling. Um, what were the guys that kept you interested and you were really drawn to?
2: Well, I mean, like then, uh, growing up, I mean it was definitely the Rockers, man. That was like my favorite tag team, like ever. You know, just like watching mm-hmm. it was I feel like it was like the you know, the colorful colors, the high flying moves and just the charisma that really drew
3: me to them.
2: And, you know, as time progressed on, you know, guys like, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin Cat me engaged, you know, The Rock, Triple H, Degeneration X, Ancient Christian. um, And even then, going back to, you know, the Monday Night Wars, uh, I used to always, I, I love seeing the meme, you know, how, like, they always say, like, kids nowadays don't know the struggle of flipping back and forth between channels.
3: Yeah. And I
2: remember around that time, like, I was always like, Right on the money, like 9 o'clock That's when uh, WCW Nitro Would have the Luchadors on
3: So Mm -hmm.
2: When that 9 o'clock hour would come on I'm watching, you know, Rey Mysterio Psychosis, Super Calo You know, all those guys just doing their thing And that's what really really uh, At that time, I was really into Like, you know, the Cruiserweights And the Mm Luchadors around that time
0: Yeah Um, Did you have an athletic background already You know, previous to wrestling?
2: i did uh i was uh I was an amateur wrestler through uh high school middle school and high school,
0: okay did that help a lot so, when you transitioned into training
2: uh you know what <clears throat> yes and no actually um I guess in a sense whereas like it built up my toughness for it and mm-hmm. it gave me that coachability um going into uh the wrestling factory and you know started my career with them but then. So, um, but of course, you know, even in, I guess in a sense too, like, even just like in just regular grappling, cause there were days that we would just have like shoot wrestling days and, you know, mm-hmm. kind of just wiped the mat with people except, uh, you know, Gulak. Whenever I, tri- whenever I locked up with him, man, he was tough, you know, yeah. he, was, uh, he was like my arch nemesis <laughs> when we would have shoot wrestling days. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Now, were you a fan of the Indies? How did you end up uh, landing on Chikara?
2: Well, so, I mean, yeah. I mean, I was always a big fan of, you know, the Indies. um, And I was a big fan of ECW, um, watching Mm -hmm. that, and, uh, you know, in the Northeast area. Until that, you know, uh, got canceled. So, one Mm -hmm. night, I'm sitting at home. I was actually telling a buddy of mine this exact same story a couple days ago. So, the one night, I'm just like, man, like... Fuck, I wish, you know, wrestling was on TV still, man. What is going on? I wish wrestling was still on Friday nights. So I'm flipping mm-hmm. through, you know, channel WGTW, channel 19, and I see wrestling on. And I'm like, whoa, what is this? What what, what, what am I watching? And it was uh, CCW. Ah. So I'm like, whoa, what is this? And the first person that I saw was Ruckus uh, okay. on there. And I'm just like, Wow. And, you know, and at the time, you know, when Ruckus, you know Ruckus was, you know, that time before you know he lost the weight, got in really awesome shape. But I'm like, yo, this dude is, like, you know, heavy, but look how he's moving. Like, that's what turned me in. And then yeah. every week I would just tune in, tune in. And then there was a point in time when, you know, uh, that was, fell off TV. So I'm like, dang, man, that, that's off TV now. And then my buddy mm-hmm. was like, yo. You guys want to go to CGW, And I'm like, wait, they're still around? And he's like, yeah, they're down at the arena. I'm like, bro, I was watching them when they were on Channel 19. He mm-hmm. was like, yeah, you know, let's let's go. So we went ahead, ran over the bridge, got out, you know, got in line, got our tickets, and um, you know, Ruckus was on the card. So I was like, mm-hmm. of course, you know, I'm gonna go. And then, you know, at the time, I only knew Ruckus, but then that's when you know I got acquainted with the whole Blackout Stable you know, and right. Kingston, you know, uh, you know, Sabian, you know, like he's and uh the Joker and Mark Robert Marino and I'm like, wait, wow, okay, cool. So I never seen any of these other dudes but like I really, really like these guys and I drew I got drawn to them. Um I mm-hmm. think, you know, seeing guys like Christian Rowe, Claudio Cassioli, uh mm-hmm. El Canerico, you know, the Canadian guys that would come down
3: seeing Nate for
2: Justice Payne, you know, Nick Gage, and just, like, watching all those guys. Yeah. So, like, I was there month in and month out um, until I was just like, you know what, yeah, it's time for me to, you know, get my money together and start training. Sure. <laughs> you know, I got the itch.
0: Now, you know, being such a big CCW fan, what, what kept you from training there and, and landed you in uh, the Chikara Wrestle Factory?
2: You know what it was? I really liked the lucha libre, you know, uh, curriculum that they were teaching. You know, it was different, mm-hmm. and you know, it was honestly something that for me, that it was a confidence booster, man. Like just to be able to do the stuff that you know, you know, Mike and Hero were te- teaching us at the time. You know, it was just like, man, like I really like, I really dig this. I really dig this, and like I, re- I just stuck with it. You know, it just seemed like you know, it was my You know, it was the place for me to be, you know, at the time, you know? So, and I just stuck Mm -hmm. with it.
3: Sure.
0: Um, What was your thoughts on uh, Quack as a a trainer? Because, I mean, he's got a lot of criticism and this and that, but um, obviously he knows what he's doing.
2: 100%. 100%, I mean, like, it's one of those things, like, he does, in fact, have one of the best minds, you know, in professional wrestling. and I've traveled up and down the road with him, and, and, you know, he's taken, you know, me, you know, sitting in, on the road, and we would just pick his brain. We would just sit at a diner after after shows and just pick his brain and, you know, mm-hmm. listen to some of the stories that he would, uh, he would tell, and it was just like, wow, okay. And so it was always like taking those little nuances that he would, you know, instill in us and perfect them and kind of basically make it our own and kind of use it to our own, uh, to our act, basically.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which,
2: you know, in, in hindsight, did I said it well, you know, at the time. So, But, yeah, I mean, like, working under, you know, training under him and Hero and, you know, even, you know, Qualio was, it was some of the best training I've ever received. And, you know, I got the opportunity as I grew with the company, I started, you know, going to other places, you know, of course, you know, with his blessing, you know, to just, again, roll around with other people and get the opportunity to get, you know, go roll around with Delirious and, you know, the other guys at Ring of Honor for a little bit, you know, even going down to, you know, CCW too, rolling around with Google right. you know, and, you know, learning a little bit from UJ, from you know, so, like, it was cool because, you know, having all of that in the Northeast was, you know, just hitting, you know, all three of the top, you know, wrestling schools at the time was just, like, was awesome for us. So, taking full advantage of it.
0: What would you say is the big difference between Quack's training and, you know, some of the other trainings? Uh, Because I know, you know, he definitely specializes in the luchador training. Um, He doesn't really have the reputation as a hard-hitting guy, where, you know, Mm -hmm. some other schools might be labeled more of a strong style base type thing. But um, what would you say is the big difference in his training?
2: Uh, It's it's one of those things for him It's just like he's all about the technique you know, uh, incorporating that, whether it's, you know, hitting the ropes a certain way, or, you know, having your foot placement, you know, one way, or, you know, uh, slapping the move on this way, especially with the British style that he also incorporates into the training, which is really cool. It's a very, very uh, well-rounded school. So, like, one day, which was great, and at the time, too, again, when we had Hero around, you know, Hero would uh, teach us a lot of the uh, British style and you know, mm-hmm. you know uh, excuse me and Mike were teaching a lot of the Lucha so like on Tuesday classes he was teaching us you know uh, just amazing just Lucha Libre inspired you know uh, uh, movesets and just you know whereas we we get the, the you know the chain wrestling from, from heroes and then even then too like Claudio would you know offer his two cents and you know he was like you know like one of the best wrestlers out there today, so I mean mm-hmm. it was just a triple threat of just of just amazing professional wrestling. So
0: right um, now, how did your gimmick come about, the Osirian Portal? Uh, how did you end up, uh, you know, being part of a tag team? Was that your your uh, goal or aim to begin with, to be a tag team wrestler?
2: I mean, you know what? I, I not really, but it sticks and it stuck. You know, it was just one of those. that were, you know, Fidian and I got in the ring together, and you know, he just saw us together. Um, and you know, it's common knowledge around the time too that you know Fidian and I grew up together. So mm-hmm. it was just, you know, we already had that synergy just from growing up together. So why not? Um, yeah. So and it was just like it was. I remember the story that like uh, for what. I was told that, like, you know, Mike was like, man, I've always wanted to do a pharaoh gimmick with somebody, but there was just never a person that walked in that fit the character, like, body-wise and just, you know, everything until, like, I guess I walked in. And he was just like, there's my pharaoh. That's who I – that's it. And it just literally just became, you know – okay, Pharaoh, you know, Serpent, okay, you know, Cobra, excuse me. Like, so what What are we going to do? And, you know, he and I were waiting in practice, and I'm like, dude, like, why don't we just, you know, obviously, you know, run with this Egyptian thing. And I'm like, let's think of a name, and we came up with the Assyrian Portal, and we pitched it to Mike, and he liked it. He was like, okay, I, I like that name. Yeah. So, the rest is history, as the saying goes.
3: Yeah.
0: Now, I mean, being it, you know, as as Quackenbush's actual idea, and he, he you know, he kind of had a thought for that. Was it hard to really lock in and commit to that and just go all in in it?
2: Not at all. I mean, I was just happy to, to be ready to debut. To be honest, you know, mm-hmm. that was literally it. You know, you hit, you know, you train hard, you hit, the, you know, you go to classes every day with the hopes of, you know, debuting and getting a character, you know. Of course, everybody goes in, one that, you know, goes into a school, and it's funny because he even said it himself so with the stories. He's just like, you know, he's like, you know, when you're thinking about becoming a pro wrestler, you already have your theme music picked out, which I did. You already have your name picked out. You already have the moves that you're going to do. So, like, it it was, was, it was, was kind of just like a complete 180 as to what I was, like, originally thinking of doing but Mm -hmm. you know it was just like you know what wrestling is all about adaptability you know you can't adapt to anything I mean it's just like you know working for him you know it's it's no different than working for the big company in Stanford they give you a character you run with it you know Mm -hmm. what I mean so why I'm figuring why not get that uh, that opportunity to uh, hone that adaptability now you know versus Mm -hmm. trying to do that later on you know, for when and if I ever, you know, get the call to go up there, if that makes any yeah. sense.
3: <laughs> sure.
0: Now, how did it, you know, come about where your style and uh, your moveset, how did you, you know, come up with that? Was that another, you know, kind of quack and bush, uh, you know, influenced?
2: Well, I mean, obviously, yeah, had the influence on the, you know, the, uh, the Lucha aspect, but I, for me, I was always really big into the uh, Dragon Gate. I was always really big into Dragon Gate, so like that hard-hitting, fast-paced, high-octane spots, just intricate, you know, bang, bang, bang. So I, you know, kind of adapted that. So that's where I did a lot of my studies. So I would be sitting and mm-hmm. watching, you know, active training. I'd be sitting over my laptop until like, you know, 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning watching, you know, Dragon Gate videos, watching Dragon Gate DVDs, mm-hmm. and then finding all of these Dragon Gate DVDs and just buying them and just really watching them whereas Ophidian was more of the submission-based. Mm-hmm. So he honed that. He was just like, you know what? I feel like I should be more of the submission-based. You're more of the fast, high uh, you know, semi-powerhouse, so to speak. And I'm, and it just gelled so well together. Um, and it was just, like you said, it was just a complete cynic,
0: 100%. Yeah. Um, now, it didn't take you guys long to wind up, you know, heading overseas. You hit Japan, Germany. Um, what were those experiences like, especially so young in your career?
2: Oh, uh, scary. <laughs> yeah. Definitely scary, you know, because – and the thing is, you know, it's one of those things that when – especially for trainers, you know, and, you know, that that's been around for so long. It was so it was so almost like apparently according to Mike, you know he was telling us, like, it was almost unheard of for two young students to kind of thrive as fast as we did. Mm-hmm. Um so and I mean it was just one of those like, okay, let's actually see if you guys are talented or is this just happiness or is this just a fluke, excuse me. So, you know, getting the opportunity to do that and go over Germany it was amazing. Um, And then getting the call to go to Japan, that was just a whole another, a whole another level. I mean, getting a wrestle in Clark and Hall, I mean, not many of us in the business can say we've done that, you know, and to be able to be, to be blessed with the opportunity to have that opportunity at such a young age, like it still sticks with me. Um, And like, I still get goosebumps from thinking that uh, about Mm. that and just having like, you know, it was just funny it like one of my favorite stories to tell people about when we went over there, so you know our first match was against uh, a young boy but at the time uh what was like uh he was a young boy but that just recently got out of the young boy phase of the black trunks, black boots you're only allowed to do three moves so mm-hmm. uh it was Shota it was a Shote Ta, Shota Takanishi, and uh his partner was Minori Sawa. Mm-hmm. At and uh, so which was really cool and so you know we go, over, we go over the deal and I'm ready I'm like yo I'm ready to do this let's go you know the red light uh, I, I re- remember reading Chris Jericho's book he calls it the red light syndrome like when he's out there and he's being recorded and that red light's on you're just on you're on 10
3: mm-hmm. well
2: so you know I'm ready to go man okay I'm ready to go music hits right and I go out there, we go out there, and I just see every butt and every seat in Carter Hall. And that thing, and I'm thinking to myself, like, whoa, this place is bigger than it looks on DVD. Hmm. You know? And I'm seeing the video, I'm like, you know, and I'm just like, whoa. So, we're getting ready to make our entrance, and I just remember tapping him, sitting on the shoulder, and he didn't, like, he didn't really realize I was trying to get his attention, so I grabbed him by the shoulder, and he's like, yo, what's up? And I go, I just forgot everything.
3: And <laughs>
2: literally, like, I just got nervous. And he's just like, nah, oh, man, you got this. Like, you got this. I'm like, "All right, cool. So whatever, we're doing the deal, and, like, as the time progressed on, when I really just sat there, and I was like, all right, man, you're here. You know, the eyes are watching you. The office is watching you. Don't screw this up. And mm-hmm. like once I calmed myself down, I was like, okay, I got it. Red light, you know, the red light syndrome is go is on. Let's go. And we ended up um, having a really good match with them. Uh, and which was cool that we walked to the back and we were welcomed by uh, a standing ovation by the mm-hmm. office and everyone in the on the roster, which was a really really cool like blessed moment. So yeah, yeah, that's great. Um. In
0: 2008, uh, you guys wrestled, uh, Steen errico in Ring of Honor. Um,
2: <laughs> yes.
0: yeah. what, um, what do you think prevented you from going back there? I mean, obviously, I mean, you guys had, had, you know, made your rounds, you hit Japan, you did all these other things and, um, yeah, you had a matchup against them and seemingly that, that was that for a while.
2: I mean, I guess it was just the timing of everything, you know, um, at the time it wasn't like we weren't liked. It wasn't like we didn't connect with uh with their fan base. Um, from what I was like, Gabe was really high on us, um, at the time. So like we I remember, you know, we we spoke to him, you know, we pulled him to the side, we thanked him for the opportunity. And he was just like, Yeah, you know, here we go, this is, like, you know, the fans like you, I like you, you know, you're you know, generic like, working with you guys, like, you know, I feel like, you know, you guys can do a lot. So he's like, here's what I want to do, you know, I'm going to give you a bunch of dates from FIP, go down there, go hang out, you know, go do a thing, and then, you know, I'm going to give you a bunch of runner dates. Cool, no problem. Like, we were, we were in there. Like, we were just two giddy schoolgirls, like, yo, this is it. This is what mm-hmm. we've been busting our butts for day one, like, we here, we're here, we're here, mm-hmm. and, you know, we got the phone call that, you know, there was a change in management, and, and we're just, and I'm just like, okay, so, like, what does that mean for us, like, I'm still, I'm still there or not, and was just like, I don't think so. Wow. And I'm just like, you know, and I'm like, uh, oh, you know, it sucked. But, like, it was one of those things you kind of just like, well, it was fun while it lasted. We got a really cool opportunity out of it. Hey, <clears throat> if anything, uh, you know, comes of it, cool. If, uh, if nothing doesn't come from it, cool. We just got to keep moving. You know what I mean? So and that's essentially mm-hmm. what we did. Like, we didn't get upset about it. We didn't get bitter about it. We were just like, okay, well, you know, we just got to keep keep working hard and keep doing what we're doing. You know, so that was pretty yeah. much how
0: that went how did it come about where obviously you were a long-term CZW fan you you knew about their product for quite some time um you trained under you know Quack and Shakara Zandig was definitely not a fan of Quack um at some point Chikara guys were able to be brought in um how did it come mm-hmm. about that you wound up in CZW and you know how did that go at least on entry
2: well, I mean, for, so, yeah, I mean, the first time in a long while a Chikara act being on CCW was uh, during a tag team tournament for mm-hmm. the new tag team titles. Right. So, you know, it was, I mean, like, it took it took some doing, you know, it took some urging, it took some pushing, it took some, you know, some talking. And so, you know, eventually, like, he was, you know, things were like, okay, you know what, go ahead, go do it, you know go, just go, go do it. Okay, cool. It was great. And, you know, we felt as though it was another opportunity for us to tap into another market and tap into another fan base. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so it was really cool because, like, when we were announced for that tournament, like, that blew up you know, on, you know, the internet world at the time. They were like, wait, what? And people were just like, wait a second. I thought there was, there was, you know, heat between blah, 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 blah. And what happened? I go, well, look, evidently not because here we are. Right. And and I said to the you know, I said, you know, I don't people. they was like what happened? Like, you know, again, there's coming up to so us, like, how did this happen? I go, well, don't worry about how it happened. Just know we're here. Just be happy at the fact we're here we're going to entertain you guys just like how we do with the fan business car and entertain we did. You know, yeah. I mean, we got a viral video out of the, out of the deal. So. Absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, so it was, it was good. It was a good time and and and, and beneficial for all.
0: Yeah, so, uh, and that was my next cool question. The next question was the viral video. Uh, take me through yeah. that a little bit and how that all, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the planning came about. And, uh, I mean, what it was like, I mean, you guys hit ESPN, <laughs> you hit just about every avenue you could possibly hit.
2: So, the idea behind that, you know, it was just one of those, like, we knew that, okay, this is this is the Night of infamy show, this is the show before Cage of Death. The biggest, you know, the, this is literally like the, you know, the big show before the biggest showcase, the showcase of mm-hmm. Delta Violent, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, we were like, yo, we gotta do something that has not been seen or not been done in this tournament at all. We've got to do something. We've got to come out the gate. We literally got to blow the doors off of there. And, and I was just like, yo, what if we do this? What if we actually do this? And the more we talked about it, the more ridiculous it got. And it was <laughs> awesome. Like there was no, like there was no like stopping. We we just started throwing ideas and ideas, and we were just like, yeah, we are gonna keep doing that. Yeah, you know, let's do that. Yeah, what if we did this instead of that here? And we brought the idea to uh to Joe and uh Ryan Slater, and they were all on board. They were all mm-hmm. about it, and then they were throwing their you know ideas into the mix, and it just got it just became the most ridiculous thing ever, and so to the show. And, you know, pulled through the side, like, yo, what if we got the Oscar room involved? You like there's a you know, like and they were just like, Yo, let's do that. Let's do that and then you know, so you know, we went up there and was like, Hey man, you guys wanna, you know, participate? in this It'd be really cool. If not, you know, cool, you know, but if you want to, hey, we'd love to have you out there. And yeah, you know, it was great. I mean, you know, like excellent. <laughs> and it was <laughs> yeah. great, you know, and, you know, and everyone, it was just a good time, man, and it was just literally the most ridiculous thing ever, and that's what we wanted it to be, you know, that's mm-hmm. what we wanted it to be, and I just remember, uh, you know, DJ coming down from Gorilla, just with this smile on his face, shaking his head, and goes, you know, that was funny, and we go in the back, and Gage was like, yo, that's what Fuck, I'm talking about. That's how you get a crowd involved. They were like, "Whoa, we're getting props, <laughs> props from like the OG." Like, this is dope, man. Like, yeah. so it was really cool, man. It was actually, like I said, it was one of those things that, you know, that was, it was beneficial for everybody involved. You know what I mean? And uh, it was, a, it was a fun time. man. It was a really fun time.
0: Yeah, and uh, how, how was the aftermath of that as, you know, seeing yourself pop up on, you know, all these different outlets that don't even really cover wrestling for the most part? It just became like, what, what is this? And, you know, it'd be on Tosh or it'd be on uh, ESPN.
2: So so the first place I saw it was uh, on a channel called G4. Uh, it's mm-hmm. like, at the time, it was a video game channel. So yep. everything video game. So the show called Attack of the Show. And yeah. every Friday, they do their top five final videos. So I'm watching it, and they're like, oh, okay, our number one – so they're going over everything, and then that's about to a commercial break. And they're like, hey, our number one video involves pro wrestling and hypnosis. And I just go, wait a minute. No way. Absolutely not. No. No. No way. Like, I'm just sitting – like, now I'm sitting on the edge of, the, of my bed, like, walking. The show comes back on, they're talking about it, and boom, there's the four of us on G4 TV. <laughs>
3: yeah. And
2: I I literally rush to the phone, call him. like, dude, like, yo, we were just on G4 TV. He's like, wait, what? Are you serious? I'm like, yo, they just played our video on G4 TV. Like, and we're thinking like this was it. We're literally thinking like, okay, got a little bit of buzz on that. That was it. The next mm-hmm. morning, our Facebook is blown up. Apparently, we were on the front page of, AO, uh, of, uh, of AOL.com. Uh, you know, ESPN was running it, and, like, yeah. uh, George Lopez was running it. I'm uh, <laughs> like, and we're just literally like, dude, like, this is crazy. Like, yo, this is crazy. Like, what the heck, that And he's just like, I know. I know. Like, our promoters are hitting us up like yo we want to bring you guys down here we want to bring you guys down here and it was just like dude it just is like gangbusters for us man and uh you know and they were like yo you know we to, you know can you guys bring the other two dudes and do that our show and we're like yeah you know and we were like yo if we turn this into a freaking you know taking this act on the road i'm good with this yeah you know um but yeah, like it was just great. I mean, you know, like Joe and Ryan got that, you know, got their dabs from it. You know, we got our dabs from it. Like I said, you know, I, I keep saying it, but it was, it was it was something that was really cool, and it was great to be able to help out other people by doing sure. something so cool. You know what I mean? And mostly yeah. and to help out another company, help out. You know, like it was great to be able. Like I said, it was just really super beneficial, man. Really super yeah. beneficial.
0: Now, you know, coming off of that, obviously you're getting a lot of attention. People are calling you, hey, can you come do this here? Can you do, come do this there? But, I mean, you had like another CZW match and then we're pretty much gone for a couple of years. So, I mean, what leads that to happening? Because if, if one place doesn't want to capitalize on it, you would think it's the place that hosted it to begin with.
2: For sure. I mean, but, you know, I, just different ideas were thrown around at, at the time. I mean, you know, uh, You know, we we won the match. We went on the cage of death to wrestle up those most wonderful tag titles. Um, Which, you know, to this day is still awesome for me to be able to say that I wrestled on the cage of death at the arena. Like, Mm -hmm. which is awesome. Um, You know, but it was just one of those things that, you know, I feel like, you know, uh, we ran our course there. We did what we needed to do. You know, and and that's just how the business is. You know, you bring in an act to kind of, in a sense, in a sense, enhance what you know is being put in front of and put in front in front of you. You know, which was enhancing you know the prestige of the CCW Tag Team uh, Championships. And I felt like we did our job. You know, and it wasn't for a lack of like, all right, guys, thanks. That was it. You know, it was just literally like, hey, you know. Alright, cool. Like we we knew this was this was what we were doing. We already knew that from the gate. You know, and it was just like if there's a if there's something else that like, you know, uh we'll have for you, you know, we'll we'll call you.
3: Yeah. That's the one yeah. thing
2: about professional wrestling, you know, it's a constant, you know it's a constant ball rolling, man. It's snowball. You know, constant snowball like, you know, um uh, changes happen, you know? Um, so it was just one of those things that changes happen and, you know, yeah, so we weren't uh we weren't back in CZW for a while until yeah. maybe, man, when, when was that?
0: It was a couple of years.
2: Couple of years, yeah. It was maybe like a good three years before we came, before we actually uh, came back to CZW to see what the yeah. blackout for a bit, which was a, which was fun, um, mm-hmm. which was a lot of fun. So you know, and uh, it was that, that was actually really cool too. Because the fans were just as excited then as they were before, you know, to see him sure. come back, you know. And again, you know, the idea, you know, in my mindset is just like, yeah, let's just let's hopefully try to bridge that gap. You know what I mean? Like bridge that gap. Because again, when I remember when I was young, you know, the car guys were were you know were on CGW. You know, like you know, <laughs> Kid the so, you know, the Holloway just, you know, Shane Storm was there. Quack himself, I remember. Uh, the first time I ever really seen uh, like the other Takara guys, and even knew knew what Takara was, and I knew what Quack was, you know, because mm-hmm. he was left the CZW, you know, he won Best of Best, you know, CZW uh, he Junior Heavyweight Champion, so on and sure. so forth. You know, uh, when they opened Cage of Death Seven for that trios match, and I was like, "Yo, this is dope!" You know, these guys are flying all over the place. These guys are doing moves that I even I never thought, dude, possible. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So, you know, I was just like, man, you know, in a sense, kind of, like, hoping, you know, that, like, again, we can bridge that gap again. But, you know, it was just wrestling changes. You know, wrestling, you know, wrestling has its own niches, I guess. is what I'm trying to get to. So, you know, but, like, and, again, you know, it was still fun. You know, it it was fun for us to be there. And, again, what yet again, kind of, you know, add uh and to the tag division again, you know, um, you know, especially wrestling, you know, some, you know, the the veterans of of uh, and you know, and Blackie, you know, yeah, multiple time tag team, kid. he's been around CGW for years, you know, you know, and then it was just cool to be able to say like, man, I'm getting in the ring with dudes I watched before I paid my money to go to school. So it was actually really right. cool for me in that in that aspect, yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so um, in 2012, uh, Chikara mm-hmm. went on hiatus, uh, kind of left mm-hmm. everybody, you know, with uh, question marks. Um, what sure. was that like for you? And, you know, how did you handle the whole situation? Because it kind of puts you with no home at the time.
2: I had an amazing vacation. <laughs> just <put> it wasn't <laughs> yeah. like that. I got the chance to rest. I mean, it was great. It was awesome. I mean, we sure, you know, he and I, you know, did some, uh, you know, outside bookings, but, dude, I got to rest. That was it. It was just like, man, you know what? You know, a lot of people were upset about it, but I'm like, nah, man, I, I want to rest, man. I'm-, I'm-, I'm hurting. I'm sore. You know, I want to be able to, like, you know, spend time with some of my family. Cause I'm always traveling, you know, mm-hmm. some things that I, you know, again, spend some time with the family, you know, see people. I haven't seen it a bit. So it was cool man. It was I you know, I I I probably was like one of the few people that wasn't mad at. It. <laughs> like I was just yeah. like it was an awesome vacation party. One hundred percent.
0: Did it um was it discouraging at all though? Did you, you know, wonder about like what's next? You know, when does you know, things pick back up, where do you go? Like
2: I mean, sure. in the beginning you always, you know, had that like that fear like man, like what 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 do we do? what do we do? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Vinny and I had that talk, i go, so, I'm like, yo, what's next? What are we doing? He was just like, dude, we just keep doing what we're doing. You know, we go, out keep getting these bookings, keep traveling and keep doing what we're doing. And that's exactly what we did. Uh, I remember around that time, we spent a lot of time in the Midwest uh, going back and forth out there a lot. Um, and even just hitting, you know, some of the local shows in Jersey, you know. So the idea is that way um, the act was still in people's faces, you know mm-hmm. We didn't allow people to forget Who was or is At the time, you know So we just did our part in just like Yo, let's just keep Doing what we're doing, and you know Whatever happens, happens, that was literally it mm-hmm. So Yeah um,
0: Overall, wrestling under a mask um, I, I'd imagine It has its pluses and minuses But, um, you know, you really don't get a you know, that, that face recognition out in public, but maybe that's good if you're trying to be anonymous.
2: Um, What was your thoughts on it overall? So in the beginning, I was just like, really? Like, what? But again, adaptability, that, that, that key word. And, you know, that's very uh, useful in this, you know, sport business of professional wrestling, adaptability.
3: So Mm -hmm. I was
2: just like, really? Like, oh man, you know, so like, I had the opportunity, so when I got, you know, got the mask made, uh, you know, Mike was just like, yeah, you know, as a rule of thumb, as a good
3: practice, you know, in it,
2: just to get used to it. So, I would go through a full three, almost three and a half, uh, two, almost three hour uh, practice wearing it. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it was just like, I hated it. <laughs> like, I hated it. I had the peripheral vision, you know, luckily it was an open mouth mask, so I can actually Breathe, um but i grew to love it because of the success of the successes that it brought brought us you know so it was just one of those things like don't you know just don't hate on it don't condemn the things that doing you good business so Mm you know i grew i grew to love it i grew to love it yeah it was hard Um, but like i said i grew to love it
0: (laughs) yeah it's gotta be difficult um as far as uh Shakara, you know, they really seem to um, lean towards living the gimmick. Uh, back when I uh, first started the show, it was probably within the first two years of me doing uh, the show. I had Ophidian on, and it was, I mean, I, I was just interviewing a snake from Egypt. There was no <laughs> talking to an actual person. There was a very uh, living the gimmick type of thing, which I didn't expect. But, um, you know, how how was it to, to go that that far with your gimmick to have to really like live it through. Yeah.
2: It was fun. It was, it was, it was fun. It was great. You know, um, even to the point of just people, uh, that would interact with us, you know, like, wait, how are you, you know, using a computer? And like, Hey, we're time travelers. We can do whatever the hell we want. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it was fun, man. And which was even really cool because it was fun for the fan base. You know, it was fun for them because, again, it was just like they got that interaction. You know, it's just like, again, interacting with, you know, your favorite, you know, movie character or your favorite comic book character or favorite video game character come to mm-hmm. life. And, you know, that's essentially what it was, you know. Um, and, and it was like a lot of people like, like that. It was fun for them, mm-hmm. you know, and it was fun for us. So.
0: Yeah. Um King of Trios 2015 uh it was the bullet club and uh what was your memories of that and uh you know working those guys
2: Uh that again that was just uh a moment in time in my career that I just was not um, was not expecting when mm-hmm. it was literally that you know hey literally, you get the email from the boss, man, yo, this is what you're doing. And literally, he was like, get your butts to practice now. And got, yeah. and got our butts to practice is what we did. Like, AOT wasn't for like four months. We were practicing dead, like now. Like, not now, but right now. And <laughs> so, like, I yeah. think we were in practice like that Tuesday. That Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Just getting, just honing that craft, you know, and just really just making sure everything was in tip-top perfection, mm-hmm. you know, because again, like those three, you know, I mean, heck, even still those two of Nick and Matt, like they are the epitome of perfection in professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like you watch what they do. It's so precise all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was just like, we knew we had our work cut out for us. And we knew that if we didn't come correct, like we were going to embarrass ourselves on our biggest stage. ever was, I guess, three of the best you know, wrestlers in the world at the time, you know they I mean? And we sure. couldn't let it go down that way. <laughs> Absolutely
0: not. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it must've been pretty surreal, you know, working those guys. Um, Chikara brought in a lot of people over the years, you know, from, you know, former WWE names and, you know, different, different characters, you know, that they brought in for their trios and their this and their that. Mm-hmm. Um, What were some of the other, like, really surreal moments or guys to even just share the locker room with?
2: Ah, man, I mean, Demolition, which was was cool. Like, again, watching those guys, you know, uh, one-man gang when they came in. uh, Too Cold Scorpio, again, big ECW fan, and just, you know, watching uh, him come in, Tommy Dreamer, another one, like, he was my guy, you know, watching ECW. Um, even just some of the international talent, like, you know, some of the Joshi's that came over, um, because like, you know, it was really cool because like the Joshi's like, they, they go hard, man. And I respect everything that they do. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, one of the things I've always said to a lot of people, I go, man, you know, you gotta respect the Joshi's bad because sometimes they go hard just as the news, if not harder sometimes. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because you can tell that they got something to prove, and it was fun, man. It, it was fun. Um, I'm trying to think. place sure was another cool one. Uh, Dilo Brown, which was cool. Um, who actually was funny that one KOT when he was there, you know, walked up to me and Ovid and was just like, "Yo, I, I'm a fan of the portal," and you know, we just looked at each other like, "What? Like, wait, really? <laughs> You're like, cool, you know, like you?" You watch our stuff. Like so that that was actually really cool. Um there's just like so many to to remember. Um yeah, I mean those are the main big ones from for me personally that comes off the top yeah. of the head.
0: Nah. Yeah. Um overall, obviously you've been, you know, quite a part of it. Um you know, part of your career is comedy wrestling, you know, with the different hypnosis and this and that. Um there's some people that are Are you know fans of it? Some people that aren't. Um, There's the different things that Joey Ryan has has done, and Mm -hmm. what's your thoughts overall on comedy wrestling and the different flavors of wrestling and people's reaction to it?
2: You pretty much said it, Jay. It's it's flavors. Some people like chocolate Mm -hmm. ice cream. Some people hate it. Some people like vanilla ice cream. Some people hate it. Some people like strawberries. Some people hate it. I feel like with with professional wrestling. And especially nowadays, it literally gives something for everybody. I know people that can't stand Death Night Wrestling. I know right. a lot of people that love it. I know people that mm. can't stand you know comedy wrestling. I know people that love it. I mean, I knew at a point in time that we were getting flack from a lot of people because of it. Mm. I remember yeah. specifically right after again, uh, to to circle back to the to the video, that we uh one morning uh got an angry very very angry and malicious uh, message from a worker down south
3: mm. and
2: like it's just like you guys are an abomination to business and you guys need to stop doing this hypnosis stuff and killing what we're doing and da 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 and I'm just like bro like why are you like up early like dude like, you sent this message at 7am like are you angry <laughs> first thing in the morning right now like, you literally woke up mad. Like, if I can steal a Cat Williams, you know, term, like you know, or quote, like, you're gang-banging over eggs right now, bro. Like, why are you mad right now? Like, you literally in our inbox, like, playing ahead early in the morning. Like, I just woke up to this. Yeah. And, you know, I'm like, yo, you see this dude? Like, you know, like, and it's one of those things that's like, you know, sure, you know, obviously, you know, he's been around, you know, you know, he's a quote-unquote vet. So, you know. All right, cool man. I respect the opinion, but again, if it's not if you don't like it then it's clearly not for you. That's essentially what we said to him. You know, but we're not gonna stop doing what we're doing because you don't like it. You know, you're just yeah. one person. We have clearly have millions of people that like what we do. Yeah. You know? Um and that's the same thing, you know, like I see you know, Joey Ryan getting flagged for doing the, you know, the dick spots. Like, yo, if this getting the dude booked and he's making a bank off of it, why not why not? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Why not? You know, yeah. if, if you know you got dudes out there that's making their money and their business off of you know going through panes of glass. Why not? Right. If you got you know dudes getting you know twenty Canadian destroyers in the match, and, but they're getting the notoriety and they're getting booked. Why not? Right. You know? That's the way that's just me, you know, and I and I see it all the time like on Twitter and I'm just like, yo, why can't we just watch it and like it for what it is? It's like, mm-hmm. yo, if you don't like it, keep it moving. One hundred percent. Like, you know, like I I don't like every T V show that comes on but I don't you know, or every movie that comes out or every video game that comes out, but I'm not gonna jump on Twitter and start hating on it. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like, I'm gonna keep it to myself. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm still a movie watcher. I'm still a gamer. I'm still, I'm still a TV watcher. Like, mm-hmm. again, there's, there's diff- different strokes, of different folks. That's what I say. You know what I mean? And but at the end of the day, it's just like don't demonize certain things and in running it in for other people. That's sure. like essentially like you know what I, you know that, that 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 that's like no, come on. Because at the end of the day, it's all wrestling. It's just different
3: mm-hmm. places. Again, yeah. so
2: ice cream different
3: flavors. You know? Mm-hmm. So,
2: that's yeah. how, how i
0: going, 100%. You had mentioned deathmatch wrestling and I don't know if this was just a rumor years ago, but, um, there was a rumor that Ophidian was going to dabble in, in deathmatch of some sort. I don't know if it was a carnage cup or something and I thought the names were put out there and then was pulled mm-hmm. off the table. Um, Was uh-huh. that a...
2: That was not a what's, rumor.
0: Uh, not that was a, rumor, that a rumor, okay.
2: No. So, Ah uh, yeah, we were gonna go down to IWA uh, Deep South. It was Carnage Cup. Yeah. Yes, it was. So the, it was literally the uh, the whole, the whole again, the whole allure of the event was: Chikara guys were coming down to be in the Deathmatch tournament. Mm-hmm. It, it was Ophidian. It was myself, uh Bear, and. Uh, Chain storm and I think Fire Ant mm-hmm. there was like one more, it was like a group of us getting ready to go down and when when they like I said, when they released the card when they released the bracket, when they released that we were coming, again gangbusters over the internet The people were just like, wait, what? this is unheard of, this is like you know, what the heck happened, like what is, this is crazy but you know, this is awesome um, right but yeah, you know, again, uh other changes happened, you know, card subject to change, you know, and we were unfortunately uh pulled off of the show. Um you know, but at the end of the day it was just one of those like, you know, when you're a Chikar wrestler, Chakar business comes first. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, I mean it just it was uh it was just one of those you had to handle business. You know, it was missing. So, um so
0: So did your car pull the plug on that?
2: Uh it was it was more so that because it was like it was that because uh yeah, I believe it was just like there was another event that that was uh needed to be put in place to push along another storyline. Okay. And I mean it makes sense. I mean that's what his car makes his bread off of, the stories. The continuity right. So you know what I mean, and the promoter knew it was cool about it. He was like, "No, I get it." You know, he wasn't like a jerk about it. He was like, "No man, I get it. I get it, 100 percent, man." You know, and he was just like, "Well, hopefully we can do it some other time." You know what I mean? But
3: um, mm-hmm. we
2: never, unfortunately, never got the chance to do it. Um, but no, man, it was it was cool, man. It was definitely one of those things that, the, again, the whole wrestling world was a was a buzz by that by that event, and the again just the allure of having. You know, Chikara guys who you know, from you know, from a family friendly company coming into a non-family friendly company doing non-family friendly things in a deathmatch tournament. Sure. <laughs> so, um, yeah.
0: There's always a buzz for that type of thing too. So, I mean, what kept you from ever dabbling that in in any shape or form or any company?
2: You know, I mean, like I've always I've done hardcore matches. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but actual just death matches, like, it's just one of those things, like, I just never thought about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I just never really, really thought about it. Uh, would I do it? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I I don't, you know. Um, because, again, I've never been asked. You know, and right. it's one of those things that, like, you know, I, I when I think about it myself and I think about it, you know, I think about Shane Strickland. For the longest right. time, Strickland was just, you know, he, you know, he went from, you know, doing high flying, and then he became, you know, a real like really dabbled. He started dabbling in, you know, tactics as catch can, and he started really dabbling in, you know, uh, uh, strong style. And then it wasn't until that weapons of mass destruction match that we saw him and AR, you know, and, you know, AR Fox, you know, in a death match scenario. Right. And for that, and, and, you know, it's funny because it was just like, you know, I, I, I saw people, man, why is he doing that? He's, he's talented. He's talented. He knows he need to do garbage, wrestling. Right? So I go, wait a second. The fact that he's doing these matches does not negate his talent. His mm-hmm. He's a hybrid. He can do whatever. Right. And I go, those are the type of people that you want to watch. Those are the type of people that's going to guard, that's going to gain your attention, because you don't ever know what you never know what, what he's going to do. You never know what you know uh, how he's going to push the envelope.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's just one of those. Yeah. like you know. So it was, again, it's just like you know, When I was seeing these, you know, these tweets and everything, it's just like, dude, get off your high horse. Stop being that. Stop being so pretentious, and enjoy the fact that a person stepped out of his comfort zone to do something that he never thought he was going to do before. Yeah. From day one, becoming a professional wrestler, never thought he was going to do before. And he did it. And he rocked it. The both of them did. And gave them that much more notoriety in the wrestling world. Let's celebrate mm. that fact.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, being part of Jakara, was it difficult to stand out on the card? Because sometimes, you know, they'd have those trios tournaments. There's like, you know, 60 guys on the card. I mean, it's
1: it gets crazy.
0: And um, even, like, the CZW matches when they were doing, like, the Chikara um, showcase matches, there were, like, eight-man tags. And, I mean, to be the guy that gets noticed amongst that, um, how difficult Mm -hmm. is that?
2: You know what? It really... I can't say that it was difficult because we all shined in our own little way. Each of those matches, Trios, Atomico's, Cybernetico, whatever the case may be, every character, it was a recipe, and every character was an ingredient. You know, mm. and that's the way I look at it. When you have a good recipe, no ingredient goes unnoticed. You know, you you, know, you, you have a bowl of soup. You know, you taste all the you, know, you taste the spices. You taste the broth. You taste the vegetables. You taste the chicken. That's what I eat. I'm probably so weird for making that analogy right now, but that was the first thing that came to mind. But, like,
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: every bit stood out in its own. You know, especially if you have, you know, that type of palate for that. Okay, you can notice that everyone stands out on their own in some way, shape, or form.
3: Mm-hmm. But
2: at the end of the day, one of the things is just kind of like what a lot of us, the mentality that a lot of us had, it was just like, you know what? Let's all eat from the plate and make this match one of the best damn matches in the series of Riverside.
3: Yeah.
2: And, we, you know, we, and, and at the end of the day, we're all going to get our credit for that. So not just one person got singled out. Like, oh man, you know, Moss was 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 really good in this match. You know, Finney was really good in this match and in that match. And you know, you know, Fireman really stood out there. Like, no, it was literally just man, you know, the, the Colony and the Assyrian Pool killed that match. Mm-hmm. Bravo to all, you know, all four men involved. That's yeah. you know, that was that was that was the, that was the goal. And right. when all four of us and or all, you know, six of us at the time when we became a trio, like, got dabs for that, then I was happy. You know, because at the end of the day, we all bring, we all brought something special to the place, You know what I mean? Sure. To make that, that experience that much better for the fan base.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> now, you guys worked so hard to become, you know... Um... Very recognizable, identifiable. Um, the Osirian portal is very well known all over the world, ESPN, everything else. Um, what leads you to move from that gimmick and now more or less start over? Like this this far into your career to go, all right, let me get everybody to, to know me from scratch. Like how, how does that even happen?
2: You know, because you just want to do something different. It's all about real. One of the things I've always, you know, read and you know seeing people talk about is reinvent yourself don't be afraid to reinvent yourself and and that's what I wanted to do you know I was like man you know what I've I've done this you know this character for 10 years Uh let's try something different let's try something different that's literally all it was literally it was just like I woke up and said you know what I want to try something different and that's it that was literally it. I wanted to try something. And, and, you know, the amount of feedback I got from, you know, the night of the Western Mac until the night I even released the very first unmasked picture of myself. I remember yeah. my, my Instagram just went bananas. People were just like, wait, what? You, what? What? Like, who? Say what? You know, like, yeah. it was great, you know, and, you know, even those fans, from then, you know, and it's and it's scary because, again, you know, it's just like, man, you know, it could have went either way. Like, uh, well, you know, I you were a monster for 10 years, so I kind of liked you then, and I don't like what you're doing now. No, like the fans have been nothing but supportive through this journey. And yeah. I feel like, you know, it, 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 it's giving me a new lease on life and professional wrestling because, again, I'm trying something new. And it's given me an yeah. opportunity to tap into markets, given me opportunities to tap into fan bases, and it, most importantly, it just reinvigorated my funness—to have fun. To have fun,
3: Yeah.
2: one hundred percent. It's it's one of those things. That was one of the things that Quack always instilled in us. At the end of the day, have fun. You
3: know. Did have the fun.
0: Um, Did the gimmick become stale to you? Where it, it was less fun after time.
2: it was less fun or the gimmick became stale it was just I never wanted to go when you know when the opportunity comes when I finally hang it up right I never wanted to sit there and ask myself well what if I did this differently you mm-hmm. know what if I did that differently literally it was just one of those things. I never even remember sitting I had a conversation with my mother about it like who knows Jack Diddley about professional wrestling who knows Jack right. Diddley about you know tabs of development and you know but she was just like listen you know if you feel in your heart that this is something you want to do you have to do it for yourself and you know and I, I would have you know out like hours worth of conversation with Strickland about it you know because he was another person that I blogged up to and he was like dude mm-hmm. like you know he was like I think he even said he's like dude honestly dude I think it's time I think it's time for you to reinvent yourself he was like you know he was like you've done it for so long you felt he was like he asked me like you like you accomplished everything you needed to accomplish in that character and i said yes he was like it's time to move on he's like it's time to do something different reinvent yourself yeah. don't be afraid to reinvent yourself and that's something that will i will always hold him in high regard for because he was one of the people that gave me the confidence to do this
3: mm-hmm. and say,
2: okay you know what like and I, I was i was on the fence. like ah, i'm gonna do it nah, i don't know no, I want to do it. I don't know. Like, what if the fans don't like it? What if, you know, what if I don't get balked? What if I don't, you know, what if I just go stale? Like, no, like, and it's just like, and then in the back, you know, I had that in the back of my mind, but you know, on the flip side, it was just like, well, how do you know? How will you ever know if you don't take that leap of faith?
0: Right. You know? Yeah. So, I'm, yeah, I mean, it's got to be very challenging because, I mean, you know, if I saw, you know, Amasis on the poster, I'd say, oh, okay, Amasis is on the show. I, I saw you on a poster last year for CZW and I asked somebody, who who's this guy? I'm like,
3: what? why do they put this guy <laughs> yeah. no one on the poster?
0: And they're like, oh, right. that, that's Amasis. He's got a new gimmick. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah. it's got to be challenging.
2: And, you know, you know, right, but you know what's funny, so about that. So, like, I even remember just getting the tweets about it. So if it wasn't, because I remember, like, you know, whoever does the uh, the Twitter, you know, they were like, hey, man, we hope that, you know, that you weren't upset that we, you know, said that you were the former match. I was like, why would I be upset about that? You see, mm-hmm. that match just got that much more buzz, and that match made that much more sense. Mm-hmm. If you stop and think about it, you know, in, in professional wrestling, you know, and, and, and theoretically, things have to make sense. So it made sense why, you know, Deshaun Pratt and Joe Dacey had that match at, you know, that it was like better than our best. You know, it made, more, it made sense. And I just remember getting a tweet that, like, uh, a, guy, uh, a fan from England was just like, yeah, kind of like what you were saying. like, no. He was like, I didn't care about this match until I found out Deshaun Pratt was He was like, This match that just made this match ten times more awesome.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, because of because of that and the fans were just it was funny. You know, I went out there and I, I got a, I got funky baron chants. One guy was just like just still the funky barrel to me. Which was cool because they they were even though when CZW fans saw me, you know, they saw me in my other character. But mm-hmm. when I came back it was like a, it was almost like a a, a homecoming. And they they re-welcomed me with open arms. And we all know, toughest crowd to get over with, 100%. Because they'll tell you like it is, you know. So for the fact, and I was really nervous about that. I was like, yo, Mm -hmm. again, there's that self-doubt again. Like, yo, what if I go through the curtain and they don't give a crap about me? right? But they did. I walked through the curtain and they were on their feet, you know. Joe and I had a match. I got to please come back, King. Yeah. You know, so like mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, you know, mission accomplished. <laughs> you know, yeah, it was one of those I can literally go from the, behind the curtain and go, ah, oh, okay, cool, the, the the hard part's over. <laughs> you know, yeah. and 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 it was one of those moments that you doing you're grateful for, and you know you're grateful for the fact that the toughest crowd in professional wrestling history. Let's just let's just call it what it is. They are that they are literally just that mm-hmm. not only accepted me for the character change, but they accepted the fact they welcomed me back and they liked what I did. Loved what I did. Loved it loved it enough to want to see me come back. Yeah. That means it that means the world to me, one hundred percent. Yeah. One hundred percent
0: if you had, um like, if you had to pull out, like, three matches that would showcase, you know, what you can do or, you know, your favorite matches that you would pull out, um what would be the top three or or the first three you could think of?
2: Oh, um, wow, that would have to really go into the crisis of in here, I think. Um... The first one that comes to mind was when I, uh, as, you know, as me, um, I had the opportunity to uh, to wrestle Jeff Cobb 101.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That was fun. That was a really good, like, that was a great confidence booster for me having that match. That one, um, definitely, you know, uh, the Bullet Club and, you know, at KOT and I think I'm gonna to have to say uh, the very first match uh for the uh campion uh Day per day
3: we had against
2: incoherence of delirious and Hollywood. Those yeah, are the top three. Those are the top three. Cool.
0: cool. Um yeah. so yeah, um You're you're a rap fan because I got a T-shirt of yours that uh, you got the upside down Method Man symbol style going on. So who 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 are a couple of your favorite rappers all time?
2: Oh man, I mean, so now I'm going to sound like the grizzled old man, you know. I don't want to go as far as to say I don't like any of the new rap, you know. Yeah, well, I I mostly don't. (laughs) For the most part, I mean, let's just keep it honest. Like not many of us do, you know. So you know I'm you know big Wu Tang fan. you know, I I, I like Biggie, um, like Nas. Um, another like kind of like a, you know. Again, I'm naming I'm naming like you know Wu Tang. I'm naming you know Nas and Biggie. Now I'm gonna throw a an orthodox one in there. I'm a big fan. I'm still am a big fan of uh, Aesop Rock. Uh,
3: okay.
2: And. Uh, and I'm and here's another
3: one uh, uh another one, uh that
0: I'm gonna throw in there that's a little bit
3: unorthodox, uh, tech nine. Big tech okay. nine Yeah. All right. Those are respectable,
0: <laughs> you know. <laughs> sometimes I uh yeah. I, I ask these questions, sometimes I get some answers I just don't. I'm still judging uh Shane Strickland on uh, his big Sean Love, so
2: <laughs> you know was funny, yeah. I mean like he loves Big Sean. I remember that was a couple times we um, one of the um one of the times we, we were on the we were on the road together and, like he expressed his love for, you know, Big Sean. Yeah, you know, so like he was he's you know, he's in a quiet case, you know. He's definitely in a quiet case, you know. And it's one of those things like like I like some of his music but when I'm yeah. listening to it I'm like, Fan, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, yeah, when, like, seriously, like, again, again, being, like, an old school, like, you know, where's the story? You know, yeah. like, uh, paint the picture for me. Like, I just remember, again, especially in the 90s, like, early 90s, like, even, like, the 80s, you know, going on, you know, into, like, the uh, early 90s, like, there were rap songs that you can literally sit and listen to
3: mm-hmm. and
2: see it happening. Yeah. They're telling a the story, you know? Yeah. Uh, I remember I did one podcast and we were talking about that, and the one song that came to mind was um, uh, uh, Dougie Fresh" and uh, "Slick Breakback Time Story." Mm-hmm. I could listen to that every time and still see the story that they're telling, like yeah. play in my head. And I think that's always that was always really cool to me. Um, and it's just like you know either tell me a story that I can envision or make me feel something when I hear you talk, when I hear you, you know, say something, you know what I mean? Like at the point, I don't care about how many cars you got, how many women you have, how much money you got. Tell me something that I'm going to feel, you Mm -hmm. know, make me feel something when I hear you mention, you know, if I, if if I can't go back and rewind your lyrics and go, Oh my God, that was dope. Like I don't want to hear you. (laughs) You know, I don't want to hear you. You know,
0: That's why 100%. when I hear Big Sean, I'm like, man, you got the wrong Sean. My my favorite cat is Sean Price. You know, Sean was, he was.
2: Sean Price was good.
0: Critically yeah. underrated.
2: 100%. 100%, you know. And, like, and I've heard some really, really good Sean Price. I'm like, it's funny. Like, yo, I listen to uh, Sirius Radio, and City 55 plays a lot of Sean Price.
3: Mm-hmm. And,
2: like, and again, you know, i just driving, and I'm like, yo, like, man, like, he does like, just like he said, that. like, no, he does not get the credit he deserves. Like, yo, like, yeah. is a really good lyricist, you know? Yeah, um, his
0: wordplay is crazy. And going back to Hell to Skelter, I mean, just classic, classic stuff.
2: Yes, yes, you know. And even then, you know, again, you know, going ahead and getting in love with some of the pioneers, you know, Big Daddy Kane, uh, you know, Special Ed, Public Enemy. Like, I still remember, I still got for kicks and giggles. I still like to go back to if I can find it. I'm gonna send it to you. But uh, like it was, uh, it came out like last year, and uh, Big Daddy King was on "Slay in the Morning" and he was freestyling.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it, think, it, was
2: and it was amazing.
0: Yeah, I think I heard you that. Know?
2: It was. Yeah, dope, you could definitely but really, still
0: rhyme.
2: Yeah, I was just like, this is what I'm talking about—a pioneer that can still do his thing, even on today's beats, to can still kill it. Yeah, You know? It was just great. Like, it was dope. I was like, think up to the legends, man. This is why he's a legend. This is why he's one yeah. of
0: the legends. Yeah. Wow, there's shit. there's not as many cats that are out there really just, like, throwing fire, like, just, you know, with, you could just tell, like, the intensity. One of the new cats that I, I'll give a lot of credit to is uh, quadir Latif. I, I yes. mean, that dude is intense, you know? That, that's yes. that old 90s flow.
2: One hundred percent, yes. I don't disagree with that at all. Like I remember when I first heard of him, I was like, "Okay, he's making me feel something." You know. Yeah. Um, who else is out there that's still keeping that? You know Yes. Oh man, I just saw a buddy of mine share something on uh, his on his timeline. So he's literally like, "This is doing." This just amazing, an amazing lyricist, and just a, oh, yeah. a lyrical genius. So this mm-hmm. dude is standing in front of a, and this is just like you can tell, like he just wasn't written; he was just on the spot. Like he's, I don't know, he's somewhere, and he there's like a big like poster board of just different like company with logos, the
3: logos, right? Yeah, yeah, and yep. he's just
2: rapping down the line. <laughs> yeah. and I'm just like I literally just sit there with my hand over my mouth, like. Like, mouth again, like, yo, is he really doing this? Yeah. And, like, I, I commented on the post, and my boy was just like, one of my boys was like, yo, man, he's one of the, you know, you can't tell me Papoose isn't one of the best rappers out there. I told him, oh, I was yeah. like, dude, I said, like, yo, this right here is pretty much like, this top, like, I, he set the bar with alphabetical slar. He set the oh, yeah. bar. Mm-hmm. He set the bar. Like, and then he reset the bar when he did it backwards. Yep. This right here, yeah. that what he was doing That just changed the game 100% Like, yeah. I was just like, wow That's that's crazy That's crazy, like, that's what I need to see That's what I want to see from a lot of today's Hip-hop artists yeah. He went on like
0: He went on a couple years streak Just dropping, like, every three months On K Slay mixtapes, just like He yeah. was putting out his own mixtapes Like, every three months, it was crazy
2: That was it, and everyone was a banger Every season, oh, yeah. Well every time he did that, it was hot.
3: Mm-hmm. And again,
2: I, I don't want to sound like the old grizzled old head, you know, when it comes to hip hop. But it's just like, this is what I want to see from today's artists.
1: Yeah.
0: You know,
2: this is what I want to see.
0: Cassidy's like, another one.
2: Yes. Well, yes, Cassidy, um, you know, I, I upset, you know, my favorite... And it's funny because even then, as I remember, like back in the day when I was like, you know, doing a dip set was just like in like the early 2000s. They had the the Rat Game a set, and mm-hmm. a lot of my people, a lot of my friends, like, yo, like who's your favorite? You know, a lot of people were like, oh, man, I like Ken. You know, like Hell well. I, I like you all same him, and they were like, really mm-hmm. him? Like why? I'm like, that's just something about him. Again, when he raps, I listen. You know,
3: mm-hmm. it's just
2: like that's just what it was. Like I mean, like the beats on the track, I listen. Like I stop and I just listen. You know, um well, wait. A lot of people are like bullshit. Oh, like, ah, oh, man, he fell off. But like, I don't think so. I don't think he fell off. Like, you know, I think he, you know, I think he still died. If anything, again, you kind know, sort of going back to you know uh, earlier on in, in our conversation, reinvent yourself. He's done that so many times. Like, I remember when he came out with that rock album. And people were just like, Mm -hmm. wait, what? Like, that's like, again, stepping out of your comfort zone to doing something different. Again, some people liked it. Some people didn't. You know? In fact, a lot of people didn't. But he still sold records. And it was still good music.
0: Yeah. The thing about Lil Wayne is a lot of times people judge him and everything, but, I mean, if you look at some of the stuff he did, he kind of invented mumble rap, but he was a dude that could rap when he wanted to. So he would he would kind of put it on cruise control, do a little mumble rap, and, and then he'd snap off on a verse. You know what I mean? But there's some cats out that exactly can't it. can't do the other part.
2: No, right. It's, you know what? Yeah, that's exactly that's why you say that because it's just like – yeah, I, I didn't even wow, you actually just blew my mind with that statement because I didn't even think of that right there. You know yeah. what I mean? And and you're exactly right. But it was just like you said, you know, he could have he could have gotten away with it. Mm-hmm. He, was the, he was the only one that was able to get away with it because like you said, yeah, but you like, just like you said, you know, he's like, I'm gonna take a step back, you know. But then when it's time to go in, I'm gonna be a mom. Right. You know, like I'm a monster. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be a monster on this track. Like I'm gonna rip it. And that was literally it. You know, you know, like I just like my favorite. Like I mean, I liked all his stuff. You know, you know, I didn't really care for a lot of his Cash Money stuff because I felt like he was overshadowed a lot
3: mm. Yeah. during
2: Cash Money. You know what I mean? I did. yeah. You know, I guess it was because like he was the youngest one. You know, he. They were probably, you know, young boy, and I'm like, ah, you know, you know, what you know about this right you young blood. And then it was just like when he stepped out on his own, you know, he started with the Carter and everything like that. And that's when you really start to see, like, yo, this dude has bars. And I yeah. feel like if they allowed him to be put to the forefront, I feel like you know Cash Money would have been bigger than what they were. You know sure. what I mean? I felt like he would have definitely at that time, at his young age, would have been able to go ahead and carry cash money, you know? Yeah,
0: but, you know, Birdman wants respect on his name. He, he's not trying to...
2: Well, well, right, exactly. You know, he was trying to, you know, silence to the dude. And I feel like when you really stop and think about it, again, you know, he came out with the Carter and everything like that. Like, it was almost like it was purposely done. Like, mm-hmm. nah, nah, like, we we go, you know, you, you can have a verse or two, but, you know, you know, we we, we, we going to get ours first. You know what I mean? We're going we gonna to beat the track up. You are going to get scraps.
3: At yeah. least that's
2: kind of how I felt, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, to this day, like, my favorite, favorite, favorite song of his, like, when he stepped out on his own, he's definitely six foot, seven foot. Like, okay. that's when you really can really feel, at least to me, in my own personal opinion, you know, I'm sure those people that are going to listen to this are going to disagree with me, but I really felt like, in that song, that's when you can really see and hear and feel his lyrical genius. In that song.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's versatile. Them, I, and the uh I mean this this recent album is a good example of like how versatile he is and how many different yeah. types of styles he could do and you know, from storytelling right. to just bars to like the dance track to I mean he he just kinda hit all angles on this one.
2: Oh man, what was another one that? Oh man, I remember it was one—the one song that every road trip Ophidian and I will always listen to. Um, oh man, what was it? He was basically, again, storytelling. He's a doctor in the ER, and Mm-mm. basically, what he's trying to save hip hop. Like hip hop is lying on the gurney dying. Yeah, and I can't forget. I can't forget. It. You know the song I'm talking about, right?
0: I think so. Um, I want to say Carter Three, but
3: you could be wrong. That's what
2: I think it was on. Yeah, and I think it was, I think it was called Doctor Carter.
3: Yeah, <laughs> it sounds. I think about right. it Yeah, yeah. There
2: you go right, right. Go figure. I think it was called Doctor Carter. Yeah, and like that was it. Like the story that he was telling, like hip hop comes in dying. is dying. No. Hip hop is dying, and he's the doctor to, to to save it. You know, like it was. uh it was. Just, it was awesome. Like I was just like, yeah, that was just. Amazing, you know. And um, who was I talking to? I was uh, even with you know his one of his uh, more popular songs. I guess a lot of radio play up for, you mm-hmm. know, like so. Funny thing about it because I guess it is because like a, you know, like you know, Wayne took that little time off from, from music, right? Yeah. So for so the longest, you know, funny thing, I did not know that was him for the longest because it was like I had not heard him. And then like, I hear him and I'm like, yo, who is this? He doesn't, he didn't, he didn't even sound like Wayne to me, you know, but mm. I'm like, but he's using one of my favorite beats of special, that special delivery. I'm like, I love that beat. That was like one of my favorite, you know, hip hop beats, you know, of 2000s. So I was like, yeah, yo, of course, actually I'm going really to love this song. and Then when I found, you know, out, I was like, it was Wayne that did it. I was like, yo, I love this song even more. Like, you know, again you took a class. Uh, and it's funny because it's just like, man, to stop and think that special deliveries beat is a classic beat nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> like I was like, man, I was in I was like out of I was probably like out of high school when that when that song came out. <laughs> like now, yeah. I'm like, man, it was a classic it's now considered a classic beat now. Oh times have changed, man. Times time Yeah, it's back. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. Yeah, right man. on.
0: But, yeah um, back to wrestling real quick, you know uh what are some of the goals what do you what do you got left um you got some dream matches? what are you looking to accomplish at this point
2: i mean yeah, man, i do i i I have a plethora of dream matches, man, um, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you my top three okay. my top three dream matches definitely would be uh machine struggling one on one okay, um I'd like to test my medal against uh Kenny Omega. I feel like that would be a match that I feel like that would be something that I know I could rip. You know, if someone would give you the opportunity or I'd be blessed with the opportunity. I blessed say give you the opportunity. If I'm blessed with the opportunity to do that. That would be something I would be able to just rip and uh man. You know, I mean, just keeping it in the, you know, in the, you know, elite AEW family, I would like to go one on one with Cody Rhodes. You know, that's another match that, like, again, you know, you test your merit, you test your mentality, you test your confidence. Um, Those would be my top three matches because I feel like if I can go out there and kill it with all three of those dudes, like, you're truly undeniable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way that, people's eyes are not going to be on Deshaun Pratt because it's like, man, like, and people are going to be like, you know, it's going to be to the point where I, like having those three matches. It's no longer going to be, oh, man, you know, he used to be a monster from the Australian portal. Nah, bump that. Nah, he's the dude that killed it with Shane Strickland. He's the
3: dude that uh-huh. had that
2: class with Kenny Omega. He's the dude that killed it with Cody Rhodes. You know what I mean? And, again, reinvent myself. Um, yeah. And as far as future goals, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'd love to get back. I'd love to get back over to England. Like that's my thing, like the England scene has been you know skyrocketing since like two years ago man it's just i like, like I want back in you know like I really want to get back over there and uh yeah man, and, and 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 uh impact Wrestling. that's my i feel like you know I would really be. I would feel at home at Impact Wrestling, you know, watching a lot of uh, their guys and watching a lot of their, that roster. I'm like, man, like, it's funny, you know. I'll sit there and I'll watch, and I'm just like, yeah, he and I would be a good match. You know, it's funny. Kind of just like, yeah, you know, that would be, he and I would be a good match. Yeah, I can turn it on him, too. You know what I mean? So, like, there's a lot of, like, on that roster that I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't, I, I would be able to kill it with, you know, so that's the goal, man. Like, you know, those three dudes, of am Rhodes and Omega and you know being able to be seen on impact TV one day. So that's, yeah. that's the hustle, man. That's the goal man.
0: Yeah, it's good shit. Um so yeah, man, I think that's about all I got. Uh we covered a lot. Uh is there any plugs, anything you want to put out there, upcoming
3: dates?
2: Uh yeah, I mean, you know, you can you know follow me on Twitter, uh at Prince of C M D. Uh you can follow me on Instagram, uh, Princess C M B underscore Deshaun Pratt. Uh yeah, I mean on uh upcoming dates I have uh next week uh in Hazleton, Pennsylvania, uh PPW of uh Pennsylvania Premier Wrestling. It's uh first time matchup between me and Mecha Wolf, one on one. So okay. I'm c I, I I personally dubbed that match the Battle of the Four Fifty Splashes, so it's going to be fun. You know, I always tell people, right. you know, they're like, I can't wait for that match. I just say, don't blink, man. You're going to miss a lot. <laughs> thankfully, PPW has high ceilings because we're going to go in. We're going to kill it. So, that that's going to be dope.
0: What is CMD? Camden. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's sure it's for Camden. Yep. You know, that's where, you know, it's funny. A lot of people don't. When they said it, I was like, wait, why are you, you know, why are you the Prince of Camden? I'm like that's where I'm from. But yeah. you're like, damn, New Jersey? I'm like, yeah, born and raised. You know, so it's one of those things It's just kind of like, and and you know, and a lot of people ask me, like, why do you do that? Why did you pick that? I go, because <laughs> you know why? Because, you know, that's my home. You know, I don't ever shy away from that. I will tell, I will scream that from the highest mountain that's where I'm from. You know, a lot of people will leave the city and kind of just, no, I'm not from there. No, I'm not from there. No, like, that's my home. You know, and, yeah. you know, I'm proud of that. You know, I'm proud of the fact that, you know, a four-year-old, you know, little boy from Camden, you know, again, uh, high crime, high death rate, you know, super tr- poverty-stricken city. You know, I came from that and being able to, again, to travel the world, you know, go to places that I've always, I've always read about in, in textbooks, you know, when I was a mm-hmm. kid. Sure. You know, so, it, it, you know, it's one of those things where I'm paying homage to where I'm from and just never forget my roots, you know. And, again, being able to one day, you know, grace my, you know, grace the TV screen on Impact Wrestling, even WWE, who knows. Like, you know, that's the one thing I'll tell them, like, look, don't change that. You know, that's one thing I won't allow you guys to change. Like, put that to the forefront. Because I want mm-hmm. that little boy or little girl to be like, Yo, he's from our city. He's from here. You know, he walked past the same drug dealers as, as I do going to school. He graduated from the same high school that, you know, I went to. Yeah. If he can do it, I can do it. That's literally it, man. That's the reason why I, I that. That's the reason why I picked that.
0: It's understandable.
2: So Yes sir, yes sir. Yes.
0: Yeah man. So uh
2: yeah, I
0: I think we covered everything, right?
2: We did, I, 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 and then some. And yeah. <laughs> then some.
0: Yeah, man. So uh, I really appreciate you coming on. Like I said, is a is a long time coming. So. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, man. I definitely want to have you back on in the future. Just go out there, and 100%, keep killing it,
2: man. Thank you, man. Thank you.
0: All right, man. So, um, I think that's that's about it. Uh, we got all the plugs out there. So have a good night, man.
2: You too, man. Thank you for having me on, buddy. Anytime. All right, peace.
0: So there you go. There's Deshaun Pratt. Um, I had a lot of fun talking to him. Um, so tomorrow night no no, no tomorrow night, probably Saturday night, I'm gonna do another show where I just talk about shit, do my normal deal, um, cover a bunch of topics. In the meantime, go check out I got your five stars with Jeremy. Check out the hot tag podcast, um, hostile city graphics. Um, Powerbomb Prince over there, uh, Johnson Stoffer doing his thing, um, and I think that's about all I got for tonight, and like I said, I'll I'll probably touch base with you guys on Saturday night, I, I got some shit to talk, man, so, uh, don't, don't get it fucked up, man, we're doing these interviews, we're having a good time, uh, talking to some people, And um, I'm enjoying that But obviously I have opinions on some other things That I will most definitely get into Uh, I'm thinking Saturday So uh, check y'all motherfuckers later Peace Talk to y'all later Have a
3: nice night Stay dry It's raining again Tired as rain Makes my grass green I won't complain about that that's all I got to say. I'm out of here. I love all y'all and uh, shit. We're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say that's the bad guy. Well, so, what I make you Good.
2: Like, Jesus tell me tells me all the time to listen to what you sure gotta say, good. cause you be blazing people, and I'm like, well, I gotta hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide it.
3: I lie. Me. I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a thing. Even when I lie. You choose a chest radio. Jesus. So say good night to the bad guy.
2: I'm gonna tell you something, of the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no food. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered chumbacasino.com.
1: It's my little escape.
2: Now, Judy's the life of the party.
3: Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon.
2: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs>